Hey, I just got to speak to one of my favorite people, stand up comedian slash funny mama, Alice Chan, also known as MomCom NYC on all the social media platforms. Some of the funniest videos, you guys, the way she impersonates her husband, you, you just got to go, go check her out. She talks about how she learned to be funny. Did you know you can learn it? You can learn it. She weighs in on the Will and Chris situation from a stand up perspective. Found that fascinating and answers audience questions. So check her out live April 26th, Flappers in Burbank, California, May 4th at Westside Comedy Club. Show is called Dynamoms. May 18th, all Asian lineup show at Caroline's on Broadway, performing with Crazy Woke Asians, New York Time Out, listing it as one of the best 15 comedy shows to see. Enjoy one of my faves, Alice Chan. Kevin, this approves. Sorry. That's okay. Mom, mine. Like, my husband just disappeared and he's supposed to be taking care of the kids right now. Did you find him, bro? That's a very important. Um, yeah, he's, he's a crucial role in this house. Wow. <laughs> he's a crucial role in making sure everyone's alive. No, I think he was, I think the baby wasn't fully asleep. So he went to go rocker. And I think I just oh. woke the baby up by yelling for him. But, you know, it's. He has it under control, Chelsea. Yeah, totally under Stop control. I'm like trying to over control things in the household. <laughs> Let it be. I know. I really am, though. I, I, I. There. Do you what, ever feel like where is the line? Like sometimes I, I, I question that all the time. I'm like, where's the line between being like a bitch? Yeah. And just like, look, dude, we gotta run a household together. So, but I'm going to have, someone needs to say, what's up. I really want to hear about how you got started in comedy and did you do it before you had kids? I love those questions because no one ever asked me questions about me anymore, Chelsea. Really? Um, How come? Why? Because no, I don't talk to people. I don't talk to adults anymore, I think. Okay. One of the questions was um, from one of the audience members was uh, something about you being an introvert and I'll get to all the questions. But when I read that, I was like, I didn't actually know that you're an introvert. Are you an introvert? Um, Chelsea, if you've read my last several posts, I've claimed to be an introvert, even like reels where I like make fun of myself for not going out or being enthusiastic about canceled plans. I'm really good with one-on-ones. Like I love this so mm-hmm. much. Yes. Um, big group dinners, more than three. I can't handle it. Party networking. I can't. I'm like, it, it's, it drains me. Like I might be looking like I'm having fun, but by the end of like two hours, I'm, I'm drained. Like going out for dinner with eight women yeah, I'm like probably talking and trying to get into the middle of the conversation, but it drains me. And I'm like, not, I don't fully enjoy those things. I love the one-on-ones or like, you know, just three, four small groups. Yeah. Small groups. I'm getting that way. Also, I'm noticing, cause I used to do the big group thing a lot and I still do. Like I can still, I can still, still hang. And I think it's a good way to maybe meet, you know, if, just kind of see who you connect with. Yeah. But I am getting to the point where I'm like, I need, I need a little bit of a deeper connection. And there's like this overstimulation that happens in large groups like that too. Mm, yeah. 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 And when I get that way, like even like comedy shows, like love going to comedy shows, but, um, and I love interacting with the crowds and like, you do have to do a little bit of networking. And, and by the end of the night, I'm like so drained. I usually can't sleep for like a good three to six hours. Mm-hmm. Like I'll stay up to like two in the morning. Cause I have so much adrenaline and also like I need to decompress. And the next day I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want anyone to touch me. I don't want to go out. Oh. That's, and I only figured that out during the pandemic because everybody was home and I was always grouchy or moody. And I'm like, why am I such a bitch all the time? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's myself that every day. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be a nice person. Like, what's going on? Oh, I'm an introvert. I need my space and alone time to recharge so mm-hmm. I can be better. I, otherwise, I get crabby. People are on me and on top of me, and I don't, I can't breathe. Yeah. So I have discovered that I'm an ambivert. Do you know what an ambivert is? 
No. What is that? It's, it's like cross between introvert, extrovert. I really do like planning events. I love planning events. Yes. I love getting people together. Yeah. And to me, it's not even so much so I can hang. It's because I'm like, I love connecting people. That's really, Ooh. you do? Yeah. See, mm. there we go. Yeah. So I, but the large crowd thing can be hard for me sometimes. I like to be busy. Like if I go to a party, it's almost like, Hey, can I help you cook? Can I yeah. help you? What can I do? What can I do? Like, Just give me something. Yeah. <laughs> At parties, I'm usually that one adult who rather talk to the kids mm-hmm. than the adults. And I will like <laughs> make myself available. Like, Oh, did you need help with that puzzle? I'm just going to help Jenny with the puzzle. You know, you know like- what though? <laughs> I will say that I, this just happened to me the other day, whenever there's, if it, I kind of like play date hangouts. Well, there's two. Okay. I kind of hate them and kind of like them at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Hate them because it can be hard to have like a real conversation, but yeah. love them yeah. because if it's awkward, if you just are like not in the mood to really be super chatty, the kid yeah. Perfect excuse. Yeah, Literally, totally. I ran up to my kid. I was like, hey, let me swing yeah. you, which yeah. I never do. But yeah. because I'm with people, I'm having social anxiety. I'm going to do that. Oh, so smart. And I'm like, oh, you're having your, what did you want to, you want to talk to mommy? You want to talk to my, okay, come. And then I'll carry him. And yeah. Like, down. I'm like, what, what did you say? You want to go in the car and have a snack? Okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> Blame it on the kid. That's classic, classic. Always well, blame it. So my husband, he's an introvert, like a true introvert. Um, but it's good for him to get out because it actually does help him. If it's like once a week, he can like socialize a little bit. It does help him just be in a better mood. And I pointed yeah. it out. I'm like, wow, you are Mr. Chipper today. Is it because you like went out once this week and got away from, because he works from home now. So it's like, you got out of the house. Awesome. He works from home while the kids are at home. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, we, might be, that's tough on him, right? Cause he can hear things is, is but he doesn't like have a real job. <laughs> Pat, <laughs> I mean, you didn't hear that. <laughs> he, he trades like he trades. Um, oh. he's, he trades from his phone. So this is like a constant argument in our house. It's a constant uh, argument of like, you know, you can work from your phone really easily, but I have some stuff I need to film or to write. And to me, I need time to be creative. Like I can't do it around my kids. I don't feel creative around them. And I also feel bad because I just feel like I'm on my phone and trying to connect with the kids. And it's like, uh, I'm getting pulled too much. Yes. So yeah. Anyway, it's a constant battle, but I, I face the same because my husband also works from home mm-hmm. and, but he has his own office, which I am taking advantage of right now. Mm-hmm. And he has a door where he can shut and we all know daddy's on a call or he needs to focus. My job is to keep the kids quiet. It is easier now because they're at school. So I yeah. can't complain from nine to two. Um, but same as you, my job is different. It's it's time to create, write, and I need this physical space to do things. And yeah. sometimes, you know, a couple of times I'm like, it's like, you can film while I'm in the office. And I've done it where I'm like, you know, trying to act like a kid or something. And he's like, what did you ask for me? I'm like, no, I was just filming. It's okay. I'll do it. Ruin the take. Ruin yeah. the take. No. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really good scream from a, t- I, like, I was really honing that toddler screamed out and you just ruined it. Your voice, just forget it. I won't. I have I the won't hardest remember. time filming with the kids around. I, oh, it's so I, hard for me. It's there's always sound. I've tried. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna try it because they're watching TV. And then you play back something, and you're like, I hear the vi- the TV, and then I hear footsteps. I'm like, yes. I need complete silence. That's the only way I can like be creative and film. Like we're 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 putting out content, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's not a conventional job, right? Like, and yes. and which it can be hard to gain the respect needed to set the time for it that problem too i'm like i'm not the breadwinner so i feel silly doing this i feel silly for telling my husband to like leave the house for 10 minutes you know Mm -hmm. so i can film something 
silly, but you are blowing up. I feel like I saw that you're going, you're doing shows, like you're on tour doing shows, you're like making content, your stuff is going viral. Your account has like really taken off. So I feel like we're, we're like seeing the fruits of your labor. Oh, that sounds, you know, that's really, really nice to hear from you, especially because your account blew up like within months. Uh, I don't feel like it. I know it's, I know I should like always like be grateful for everyone and appreciate for little wins. And I do. Um, I, I feel like I'm just like a regular person. And if something goes, I mean, it's taken me a long time to get here Mm -hmm. a long time where I see a lot of accounts fly by like overnight. There's some overnight sensations. It's taken me a lot of time, a lot of work. And a lot of times I was creating reels last year. I was like, this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. It's hard to keep putting in the effort if you're not seeing results. Yeah, There's so many times where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, 50 people just unfollow me because I I made a stupid face or they didn't like how I talked about my husband, you know, something like that. Yeah. Or you said like, fuck. (laughs) Right. Banned by Instagram jail. You could get an Instagram jail for six months. Um, Uh, Yeah. That's me currently. Yeah. So but, um, who knows when I'll be released from it. But yeah, my, I was having content. That's part of how I grew really fast. I was having content go viral, like crazy. Like I always had something like kind of in the background going viral. And I was posting like four times a day. You were working hard. You I had like busting my ass. Yeah. And, and you're, it wasn't just like 10 second sketches, like trending sketches. You were actually doing like SNL sketches, like yeah, thank you. Different characters like that takes writing effort. Yes, and editing, editing, editing is a different story. Oh my god, you can spend the whole day editing like fifteen yes. seconds. The editing, but also just I feel like for me it takes energy to put on a character and to yeah. film that stuff. Yeah, you was, well, I have an eighteen month old though, man, and she is an energy suck. Of like course. she's. God, she's so hard. And she honestly, I, I love her. I'm glad I had her. I'm, I'm glad sure I had her. I'm sure you, I'm sure you are glad, <laughs> but I will say it really makes it tough being creative sometimes and like setting the time aside, yeah. but, but yeah, I was having stuff like really doing well. And then I noticed my number, like something happened and my numbers just dropped and I started investigating it and I had asked for some posts to be reviewed by Instagram because they t- made, made me take them down. Um, and one was, I called myself a snack bitch and yeah, I called myself a snack bitch and I put an asterisk in it. Like I'm just your average snack bitch because my kids are asking for snacks all day, yeah. which by the way, like we all have seen way all snack bitches. Yes. Yeah. It's like, almost like in a term of endearment, you know, I'm poking yeah. fun at myself, but Instagram yeah. um, said it was, I was inciting. No, it was bullying and harassment to yourself. Cause yes. you're going, wow. To myself. And then there were two other posts that were similar. And the, so it was like three, I got three flags, which they were so mild. Okay. So I want to hear about how you got started in comedy. And I was wondering about like how your upbringing, did you have a funny family? I know you post, you post a lot about your mom on there. So, I know I do you impersonate um, your mom a lot. How does she feel about that? <laughs> um, she actually laughs at it. Her English isn't as, as good. She speaks more um, Cantonese to me. So sometimes I'll like put that in there. And I, I only started doing that because someone was saying, well, you should kind of show your roots, your culture. And I'm like, oh, well, my relationship with my mom, I think a lot of people can relate mm-hmm. not because she's Asian, but you know, the mom daughter relationship kind of dynamic. Um, my family isn't funny. Mm-hmm. Um, my sisters would disagree. Uh, my dad is completely stoic. Um, my mom has always been kind of just, you know, very sweet, gentle, nice woman. And I think in the past 10 years, I've, I've noticed that her sarcasm has been really like under the radar. Like she, she would, she probably did do some digs and I was just, I didn't notice it, but now I'm noticing it more. And I'm like, I think I got my sarcasm from my mom, but she's not really outlandish. She's not like a hammer extrovert. So you can never tell she's like a sweet woman. So she's like very subtle. That sounds very similar to my mom. 
yeah. just very, very just like subtle yeah. Yeah. digs like, or startles. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I <laughs> think like a lot more of a serious person. Yes. No? She's very serious. She doesn't want to be silly or goofy. I think most of my humor was forced because I, when I was little, I didn't have a lot of friends and I remember a lot of kids calling me like ugly and I got bullied a lot. Um, I didn't like taking baths. So I was like, you know, dirty. I probably smelled. I had crooked hair. We were poor. So my clothes were like gross. A lot of the girls didn't like me because I didn't wear dresses. So I was always hanging out with like the class clowns yeah. and I it became shy like really shy because I was, you know, kind of ashamed of who I was and I didn't feel popular or liked. And my older sister was always popular. And I was always like, well, I wish I could be like my older sister. And I remember when I was 10, my teacher was like, you're a mute. And I didn't know what that was. I was like, what's a mute? Is that good? She she said that to you? Yeah. Fourth grade. She's like, she sat me down. She's like, you're a mute. And you don't talk at all. So I'm going to separate you from your friends. I had two really good friends. Um, for next year, when you go into fifth grade, you will know nobody and you're going to have to make friends. And I panicked. So I decided to buy a book from, you know, the school order books. There was a book that said how to make friends from A to Z, like an A to Z guide. And when I, I know when I received it, I was so happy. I ran home and I start reading it and it says, A do you have acne? Because if you have acne, nobody wants to be friends with you. Pimples are ugly. Get rid of your pimples. I was like, okay, well, I don't have pimples. Holy hell, what is this book? I know. Kelsey, <laughs> I've been trying to look for this book. It's gone. I, it's, it's, not, it's nowhere. I can't even Google it. And then, so I kept reading it. And then I went to F and it goes, are you funny? Because if you're not, you better learn how to be funny. Practice jokes, rehearse jokes, and start rehearsing dirty jokes. And I started doing dirty <laughs> jokes to all my like friends who would listen. You're 10. You're doing know, dirty jokes. Is that like, when it starts? <laughs> yeah, I was 10 years old. I was like, okay, two guys walked into a bar. One guy was like, oh my God, look at that girl. You know, like just <laughs> rehearsing it. And then um, then I was like, oh my gosh, people are laughing at me. And I guess it validated me. Then I was like, I gotta keep finding like that thing that keeps people laughing. And then start doing impersonations. And then, um, and I think it just stuck because I had to work for it. I had to work on my personality and I, cause I couldn't get by just on looks and obviously like not, you know, you can that, totally get by on just looks just so you know. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I, I liked that I was at the, had to work on my personality because a lot of people who went, who, who didn't get bullied as a kid, I don't know if you got bullied. You probably didn't. Um, I was a very, very shy. There was a little bit of like teasing, but I would not consider it straight up bullying. Like I got in some fights. Um, and I was, I was incredibly shy. And my, and my brother, I remember saying, I, I was raised with eight sisters and a one brother. Like I had a, a massive family. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, how fun. Yeah. So it's weird because like in my family unit, I was really, really chatty, but then it, when it came to strangers or adults, I like wouldn't talk. And, um, my brother even was like, you know, you're like the most unfunny person in the family. <gasps> no. He told me that. And so wow. I think after that, I was like, I don't think that's true. Once I kind of moved away from my family, I'm like, no, I'm actually like pretty funny. Just not compared to you, like, like weirdos, but my family's like now? next level, but yeah. So like, what does he think of you now? I should ask him. I think <laughs> I make him laugh. <laughs> I think my, I think the stuff I do now gives me more street cred with him though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you but it was more seven- emotional. I was a little more emotional too. Yeah. Yeah. So you have seven sisters. It, well, um, I, I was raised with eight sisters. And then when I was in my twenties, my, my, my mom adopted three teenage sisters. So they were like three sisters who were related. Oh. So they came in through the foster care and then they adopted them. So, wow. yeah. but oh, so there's so technically cool. there was a total of, um, 
12 girls and one brother. So, and you had a house big enough for that. Yeah. So our house was in Nevada in a small town in Nevada and it was nine, it was eight bedrooms, six bathrooms. Oh my gosh. How fun. Yeah. It was very fun. It was very, very fun. I had, I had, I had the best childhood. Like I really feel like I had the best childhood. I think a lot of people look at me though. And they're like, Oh, that's so sad. Like you didn't get very much attention. Did you I'm like, I had a lot of siblings. I didn't need direct attention from my parents. Like I had a lot of brothers and sisters. So fun. So. It's like brought with friends, like every day, like a slumber yes. party, which is why I think I didn't develop social skills. Like with people outside of my siblings mm-hmm. and why I still have a personality of like a 13 year old where like my jokes are like always like off color and just really like people don't a lot of times don't get me in social, which is where my mom group, like, I, I don't know if you've seen my mom group uh, posts where it's like, why I get kicked out of every mom group. Yeah, yeah. Just naturally, I want to talk about just like off color things and yeah. it rubs a lot of people the wrong way. But, I could, like but the thing is it. like, when I see that, I'm like, I can totally relate to you, not those other moms. Yeah. All right. Like, see, that's why we're friends. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I would die if I had to hang out with those moms. Yeah. Is your husband funny? Like, cause he's married to a stand-up comedian. So how does that, like a... He he's not as funny as me. He likes slapstick humor and sometimes he'll laugh at stuff and I'm like I'm he appreciates like three stooges. Is that what slapstick humor is? Okay. <laughs> like very like Jim Jim Carrey, all the Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, like yeah. people falling off their bikes, um, <laughs> slipping on ice. Like something like a toddler would laugh at. A big loud noise. Heart, heart sounds like. like. Oh my God. But I'm like, as long as he gets my humor most of the time, then that's okay. Because if he didn't, that would be bad. But so he's not super serious. He's not super serious. He's like, he could be like silly. Yeah. He could appreciate humor and he laughs a lot. But he doesn't create content, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Does he appreciate, so does he appreciate your humor then? He loves it. He loves when I make fun of him, when I'm acting like him. And I like make him into like a total, you know, chomp. And he's like, I love it. I love it. I love (laughs) that too. (laughs) I love when you make fun of him too. (laughs) I I love it too. It's my way of coping. (laughs) So when do you start like doing, you're like, I want a career uh, in standup or in comedy. Um, I never did. I went to, um, I, I went to, I, I majored in economics because my parents wanted me to be in business. And then I left that because I worked for a bank and I was like, that's not me. I'm more of a digital artist. So I went into web design film, film school for one year. So I got an intensive one year course. And then I was, I'm going to move to New York and maybe act on the side. And then when I moved to New York, I was taking acting lessons and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be realistic. Alice, you're not going to be an actor at 29 years old in New York as an Asian female, late bloomer. No one's going to cast you. Yes, you may be like backdrop or maybe have one line, but I had to be realistic. I'm like, no. Oh, but I am funny. People have told me I was funny. So then I started doing improv classes, which I think everyone should take. Improv mm-hmm. is great. So you mm-hmm. group of people and you're like. Where did you take it? Take from? Um, Gotham Comedy in New York City. Okay. Like, yeah. I, did, so I don't I, know if you know of UCB, but I did UCB for a little <sighs> while. UCB is one of the best. Yeah. I couldn't get in. It was always like waitlist, waitlist. Oh but yeah. It was very hard. Like at midnight, you're like yeah. getting on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Best, best school. If you, you took improv at UCB. Yeah. I did not graduate from it. I took like level one and two. Yeah, but <laughs> I think maybe three. I don't remember what I took. It might've been one to two and three. Maybe, maybe. Just I'm sure you two. learned. You picked up a lot though. Like I, did. I learned I was, I'm not good at improv. <laughs> That's what I learned. <laughs> It's, it's, it's fun, but I realized <laughs> I am not that good in improv because I was too, I was thinking too much and I'm like, Oh, 
I have a good line too late. Someone already grabbed it. Yeah. You have to act so fast. And a lot of the people, I think about 85% people who do join improv are aspiring actors. And uh, they're also like really used to the camera. So they have no problem going up to camera. I'm more like, you know, kind of like backstage camera shy. Mm-hmm. And then I did a few of the few levels and I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't think I'm in profits too competitive. And then it's someone's competitive like, oh, and it's like, go, I go, feel go. like there's so much pressure doing so much pressure. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, I have a good line. Oh, Derek just took that line and, and it was even funnier. Like it, it made, didn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. I was like, Alice, this is not your element. Mm-hmm. So I tried stand up. And everyone's like, oh, it's so hard. It's actually easier because everything is scripted. You write everything, you retain it, and then you're on stage not competing with anybody else. And all eyes are on you. I'm like, middle child with validation and insecurity problems. <laughs> That's a great recipe, right? Like, yeah. Did you I'll become start. did you become like the class clown after you were like trying all these jokes out? I um I was I was never really the the class clown but I was always like the the person who do like little practical jokes or you know the the funny girl that but not like not your conventional class clowns always getting in trouble getting detention and like you know laughing out loud and playing pranks on the teacher um but I always knew I was funny yeah, and, you're like um, the funny girl that did well yeah. with a group of friends. That yeah, and I'm like, what do I do with it though, right? You can't do anything with humor. And then, yeah, after I did one stand-up show, this was before kids, I loved it so much. And it was just like, I, ca- I got to keep doing this. And so I kept doing it um, until I was pregnant with the first one. And then it, it's such a male-dominated industry that I felt so threatened and intimidated by going to these dark bars just by myself, six months pregnant. And sometimes there's like, you know, 10 dudes, 20 year old dudes just sitting there, not laughing at your jokes because you're not talking about dick or sex. Yeah. And And because they're competitive. So they're like, Oh, I'm only going to laugh if it's like a real original joke. Yeah. Or if they want to get in your pants because you're blonde and you have big boobs, you know, like I'm not either. I'm not that. And I'm not talking about dick and sex. So I'm like, okay, this is, making me feel really gross. And um, my husband too was like, I don't want you to be going down to these bars after work. You know, you're six months pregnant. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I see, I see your point. Yeah. So I stopped it for a few years until I had my second baby. And I was like, okay. And that's when I created like bring your own baby comedy show where it took place in the morning at 10 AM everyone <laughs> for newborns. It was a place for moms and new moms to have a comedy show without going out and spending money on babysitters. And I did it at a little like bookstore with a stage and it went great for two years until the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And then um, that's when I moved out of Brooklyn, I went to Westchester and yeah. And, and now that the pandemic, you know, we're seeing the light again. Mm-hmm. I'm doing more live shows and it feels great to like connect with people. And, and the, you know, the best thing is like when some of the people from Instagram, they flow into the comedy shows and they actually like say hi to me. Oh. That to me is the best feeling. I want to hear about the mommy and baby uh, stand up that you would do. So I, 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 um, uh, I created a show called bring your own baby BYOB mm-hmm. and it, really was just inviting all moms or even caregivers. And we've, we've had like nannies and grandparents and um, dads bring their babies. And then they were bringing toddlers as well, like their siblings. And I would have, I would curate the show. So the comedians are like pretty like top-notch comedians that you've seen at on NBC, Conan, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Like that caliber and then I would cup, sometimes throw in like, you know, a couple novices. Uh, one of the Instagram moms that everybody loves, Caitlin from Big Time Adulting. Oh. I met her on Instagram when she, um, and she was pregnant with her third. And she's like, I've always wanted to try stand-up. I'm like, then come to my show. I'll give you a spot. Because this, this is the thing with stand-up. You don't get chances thrown at you. You have to yeah. work for stage time and you have to, 
literally pay money to be on stage, either take a class and pay money or bring in a crowd of people so that you can be on stage for three to five minutes. And I'm like, no one's going to give a mom five minutes of stage time with a real audience. Mm-hmm. And so I had Caitlin do her time and I'm always open to it. I've always opened my shows to moms who want to do stand up because I, it's such a great opportunity. And I love that um, more women are getting into this really hard to get into industry. Mm-hmm. So people bring their babies. I would have toys. I would have like a nice uh, laid out mat. So, you know, kids can like drool on it. I have cookies for the, for the moms. And um, it was like a 45 minute show. Uh, kids were ready for a nap right after we hardly had any crying babies. What? Yeah. Okay, it sounds- like it's a mess. It like-, like people were actually focused on the jokes, laughing. Uh, kids were like, so in awe that they're in a different space and 45 minutes is their max. So once you reach 45 minutes, they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. But they're not crying yet. So then and the parents, crying. so that the moms could actually laugh and enjoy it. It was so nice to see. Um, Chelsea, like moms would like meet up with their friends. They would sit on the ground with their babies. Um, you know, they would like the babies would drool and play with toys. Some would crawl up the stage. They were just so enamored being in a different space. And the moms would like laugh and it was just so great. And then, you know, a couple of times, like someone had a poopy diaper, they changed it upstairs or someone had to breastfeed or someone needed to carry a baby. So someone handed a like one of the comedians had her newborn and just handed it to one of the audience members. It was just, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it's just so great. And I miss that. And, and so, I'm, but were the moms like respectful in terms of, I can just imagine getting together with a bunch of my girlfriends and we have our kids and stuff. And then we end up chatting. So did you ever have issues with people oh, trying like talk? They were all, audience? they were all there. Um, a lot of the moms didn't know each other. Um, mm-hmm. Because it was, it was like, you know, winter season. And then you would have all these brand new moms, like new moms with newborns, and they're just getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. So they're not like seasoned moms where like, it's just like, you know, you and me, we would just like chat, right? If we haven't seen each other for a long time. Yeah. So these were like brand new moms most of the time. And they were like, some of them were like return moms. But once your kid, it's like over two years old. Mm-hmm. Um, the, most of the moms didn't come back anymore because it was too hard to like keep a two-year-old sitting for 45 yeah minutes. I was gonna say it's a very specific age very, range that could yeah. attend that yeah but I did it because I just I just know how hard it is for new moms and yeah. I know how isolating it is to just go to like baby sing-along classes because yeah. I wasn't a fan of sing-along classes I'm like I'm gonna do something unique that and something actually, that the parents can enjoy too. <laughs> for the, yeah. They're like, you actually enjoy a comedy show. Yeah. And it's the content is relatable and mm-hmm. you don't have to go out late at night. You're not exhausted mm-hmm. to enjoy comedy. So it was a perfect mix. It was a, it was a really, really nice. And nice that group. transition from, um, I feel like doing improv to doing stand up and having to write that sounds really tough. Like stand up to me sounds very difficult. I don't know if I would be able, I'm so ADHD. I don't know if I could keep my train of thought for like a, I don't know, 15 minute set or however long, 30 minutes set, however long the sets are. I actually think you would be really good at it. I can usually tell. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you are really good at just good at rants. Like just <laughs> whatever is in your head. Right at rants. I just rant all. <laughs> yeah. And no, but it's funny. It's not like you're just like yeah. talking for nothing. Mm-hmm. I think you would do really good because you write your sketches mm-hmm. and that's a lot of it, right? Like you have yeah. to condense your sketches in under 30 seconds mm-hmm. and you have to make it compelling. It's the same kind of mechanism, I guess. Like when you're writing for stand up the joke has to be punchy. You yeah. can't go too long without a laugh, right? It's all like, it's all like, okay, you have a concept, make it funny. Like my 18 month old is always hanging out around me. Okay. There's your concept, right? Yeah. Something funny, condense it. it has to have at least two laughs every like, I don't know, 10 seconds. I think there's a, there's a metric where you're like, you have to have a laugh every 12 seconds or, or maybe even shorter than that. I don't know. I really like sketches. I, I did a sketch show in LA and I loved writing it. I loved performing in it. So 
I love that I get to do that on Instagram too, but yeah, stand up is so intimidating. It's so intimidating. It is. It is really intimidating. Um, I think it, you know what though, you never know until you try it. If you go on stage and you write just like two to three minutes of jokes and you just do it. And I can't tell you how you'll feel. You have to tell me because a couple people who were terrified did it and they're like, I want to keep doing it. And they just really, they got yeah. the buzz. Yeah. They got that buzz and they're like, wow, I didn't know it was going to feel like this. And I'm like, yeah. then you got to keep doing it. How do you handle hecklers? Have you had hecklers? I don't know if you've yeah, had them. I've had them. Um, there have times where I couldn't handle it. Like in my earlier days, I was like trying to do this joke that like was about like a, a, an ex-boyfriend. Cause it was a really funny joke. But I was, I was already engaged and I had a ring and some like heckler was like, you're married or something stupid. And I just froze because I was like, oh, oh. shit. Now I forgot my punchline. Oh, and yeah, I'm married. And it got in my head. Oh. So I it's hard because it depends. Sometimes it's great because then like they'll say something stupid. And I find that the audience will laugh at almost anything if you just say if you just respond to the heckler yeah it doesn't even have to be that good you can just say okay that's what you think okay moving on they will laugh yeah like i'm like it doesn't even have to be witty it doesn't have to be you just have to respond to that heckler and then you get a laugh and you're like okay thank you you know and And people love booing hecklers i have noticed do they do if the heckler is mean and if you're mean back the audience is on your side. And you know what? It's great because the audience, once they're on your side, they're going to laugh at every single joke after that. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, you have a good, if you have a heckler who's like, oh yeah, you know, they say something stupid. You can just be like, hey, yeah, it's not your turn. Like it doesn't have to be witty. You can yeah. just be like, yeah, you can shut up now. I would feel so much laugh. pressure to perform, to be like, to make the wittiest joke. Be like, yeah. Well, your mom, (laughs) you don't have to like, you You have good ideas. Stand up. Listen to how witty that, that comeback was. (laughs) That's the, that's about all I got. I'll knit the material I have. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you feel like you can handle it a little bit, a little bit better now? I feel like a lot of it is experience. Like the more you get on stage, the your there's a muscle that is that that gets stronger when you're on stage all the time yeah. it has to be like you know that quick response it's like improv like if you practice it enough you're going to be really good at improv because you have to think on your feet so yeah. I think the more you're on stage the better you're at and like I I am not on stage all the time like my I don't, I guess I can't really call them my peers because they're way younger than me and they're single and they don't have responsibilities. Like 20 year old guys, they're out there every night. Yeah. I like, I can't be out there every night. So my comedy has to, I can't, we have kids. I mean, I've got responsibilities. I cannot be tired. And um, the next day, Mm -hmm. so I, I have to kind of balance it. Like, okay. Is a comedy show worth it? Is it worth the one hour commute and like, you know, being tired the next day? And is there going to be enough audience members? Like, is there going to be more than 20 people? Mm-hmm. Like, cause I cannot perform for, I mean, I used to, I, I, I could perform for people. Like um, I've done shows where there's only like four people in the room, mm-hmm. but I can't do that anymore. Cause I'm like, that's a lot of time commitment for a really small show. I did, I did um, a sketch show once in front of one person <laughs> and the person was the wife of one of the actors. <laughs> so, you know what? It was actually kind of fun because it was the same sketch show every night. And so we just got to have fun with it. And, the, you know, yeah. she didn't care. And so yeah. we just went on and just like improved a lot of it and just tried new things, but it was just yeah there's one person in the audience. This is so pathetic. And hey. it was a good show, but it's just, it's so saturated in LA. It's so still, saturated. yeah, it's still a, a show if it's one person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and in some ways it was more fun, 
But I do yeah. like the energy of the audience though. Yeah, so it, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's just, there's something, I don't know. It just gives me energy when it's a good, large it, audience. It's like that feedback loop. It's like you, you say something and then some, and they laugh and then you, you're compelled to like build on that joke. And then you say something else and then it's even more left. And then your energy now is just like, whoa, you know, yeah. like, I don't want to get off stage. Oh, I want to say more. I want to tell more. And then and then sometimes you could just like be surprised at yourself and you come up with new jokes on stage, mm-hmm. depending on the people's reactions. Mm-hmm. So if you get a really like bad crowd who just don't get your jokes. And sometimes, you know, I I've had crowds who just didn't get it. Yeah. They just went by their head or the, it wasn't relatable. I, I would just like, it, it would get in my head. And then I would start yes. like closing down and just like shutting down and just be small. Mm-hmm. And then it just feels, it just feels icky. Like you just kind of push through it and just be like, ah, and then just, okay. It doesn't land another joke. No, that, mm-hmm. that one doesn't land another joke. And I always have like a fallback one. Like I have this one, like really dirty joke. I'm like, everyone gets that one. So and everyone will laugh it. and we'll get back on track from here. Yeah. And then I'm like, at least I can close with that. And then I'm like out of there. Gosh, your brain has to be so sharp to do that. Cause I don't think I, 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 my thoughts aren't organized enough. I feel like for that, like my ADHD is pretty bad. <laughs> so I, I just don't think I could carry th- like a, that train of thought with, with audience reacting and then like, okay, let me p- like pull out like my other bag of tricks. I just don't know if I could be that organized. Yeah, it, it's really it, impressive. You, yeah, you kind of have to file them away, but I've known comedians where they're like, they, I think, um, is it Bill Burr? One of the comedians that I really like, and I don't, was it Bill Burr? He, he'll, he'll know what he wants to say, but he doesn't have it scripted. He'll just riff it off the stage. I just don't even know. Yeah, like that, I can't do. I'm like, no, I need to know exactly what I'm going to say, like word for word. Yes. I just don't even, I, I, yeah, I would be so scared. I have, yeah. you know what? I have, you probably have these type of nightmares. Tell me if you have them or do you ever have nightmares? And I think because I, I was a theater major and I would just really like, because of my ADHD, I would have to really repetitive, repetitively do my lines. And I'd have to do that with monologues too. But I, and I still, I mean, it's been years. I graduated in 2008 from college and I think it was, maybe it was, (laughs) but anyway, like I still will have nightmares of I'm in a play and I'm like, wait, what play is this? I'm on stage. Like, wait, what play is this? Where are my lines? Where's my script? I I think because maybe you were so immersed in theater. Yeah. There's like um, stand up for me is only like maybe 25% of my life. Mm -hmm. I'm not immersed in it. So I definitely have those dreams more when I was in it, in it, but I still occasionally have them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, So no nightmares. You don't have anxiety like me. Okay, fine. No, mentally healthy. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Most <laughs> have anxiety about other things. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So speaking of bad crowds, I mean, we were speaking about bad crowds, but this is a <laughs> transition into Chris Rock and Will. I need a stand-up's opinion about that whole scenario between the, the, the Chris and Will. Wow. I thought this was so talked out that we wouldn't I even don't talk. care. I want to talk about it. <laughs> um let me just tell you, I never watch the Grammys or the Oscars because they're boring. And who has the time to watch movies now? No. Like, I didn't, I didn't watch any of them. I didn't watch any of the movies. I don't know when I'm going to watch Coda. Anyway, so I'm like decided that night I'm going to just watch the Oscars. I don't know why. My husband went to sleep early. Bad decision on him. And then talking like, this is boring. This is boring. I'm like, oh, okay, well, at least Amy Schumer's in it. And, you know, Wanda Sykes and, and Chris Rock. I, I, so good. I, so good. So mm-hmm. funny, right? And then um, he did the joke. I couldn't hear it. And then I saw Will Smith walking. And then he did that. And I was like, oh. And I texted my sister. I'm like, something bad just happened. Something really bad just happened. Okay. So was that what went through your brain? You were like, oh, yeah. this is real. It wasn't it's like, oh, right. that was yeah. scripted. This is a stunt. It was not scripted because then I, the camera panned onto Will's face. They muted the voice. So he, you could see him. I mean, he was mouthing that and it was muted. And the second time, like, is there something wrong with my TV? And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. 
what's just what's happening? His eyes were in water. I'm like, this is not staged. And then I saw Chris's rock. I'm like, if that had, I put myself in Chris's rocks situation. I'm like, if that had happened to me, I would be so fucking scared. That's like worse than a heckler, right? I can't even handle some hecklers that slap in the face. And I was just like, and feeling stupid. Like I felt like, oh shit, Chris feels really stupid. In front and of all of his peers. Everybody. Too. Yeah. And I'm like. And okay. national, internationally. Yeah. Everyone has seen it now. And then he was like, okay. Okay. I'm like, wow, he's handling it really well. And then um, he was just, okay. And then he's like, this is, and he made like a little tag. He's like, this is the biggest night of TV in history, which kind of like lessened the tension a bit because he addressed it. Just a little. He moved on. But everybody was still like, oh, my God, you know, it was so, silent. I have never. It was silent. When he was taking a moment to think feel. of what to say. He was yeah. just like, yeah. So he handled it like a pro. I'm not at Chris Rock's caliber, nor Will Smith. Um, I cannot talk about Will Smith's history. I know there's a lot of hurt and anger. Um Obviously, you can't solve anything with violence. Didn't think it was appropriate. I know why he did it. I know who he's married to. I have some reservations about Jada Pinkett Smith. And, you know, he laughed at the joke. She looked at him and that happened. Um, yes, but there a- was a little bit of like, he's kind of giggling and he got the eyes. He's like, ah, shit. I either I, I like resolve this now or yeah. I'm getting it when I go home. Yeah. When you go home, you don't want to, you don't want to go home with, she laid it. I don't know what she said or how she looked at him, but he felt like he had to do something. Otherwise he's going to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to like protect his woman right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel bad for Will Smith. Like I, I, I just, he's a hurt person and he's came from a really dark place as a child. And I know that he was in abusive home and all that. It's so, I can't really say anything about that, but as a very out of character. And I think that's why everyone's so shocked. It's like, it was so so reactive. And so like something, it it was, he just had to react and Mm -hmm. quickly respond to his wife. It wasn't, it was almost like it wasn't thought through very well and he did i i kind of feel like when he got up to the stage he's like oh shit i gotta do something and and he probably was like i'm gonna go punch him he's like oh no like it maybe it started his senses started kicking in because he ended up slapping him which Uh, is very different than a punch although it's still assault but it it yeah i always i wonder why a slap instead of a punch and it's i almost feel like he it's like he kind of gained control of himself for maybe because he had time to walk right and then he was probably just like i'm just gonna slap him i almost felt like he could have got his uh, point across and also appeased jada if he wanted to do that if that was what he wanted to do was to do a play slap to show chris like you shouldn't have said that. So the whole walking, he should have done that. And he should have just been like this, like make it look like I should punch you like in the air. Yes. And then come back and go like this and make it funny almost. Yeah. You know? And I think that would have been like funny and also Point sending a message like, Hey, you shouldn't have done that. Cause I could have punched you, but it yeah. was almost, and it could have just been like resolved. Yeah. And without his, um, without pulling all that anger and hurt out, right? Because it was all, so much hurt. His eyes were like watery. And I'm like, oh my God, this man, you know, like I felt so bad for him. I think Chris handled There's it. There's so much well. more underneath it. And I think he did well that he apologized. I know too late, but, you know, it's better late than never. He didn't apologize at the stand, but he apologized after publicly to Chris. And I just think Chris handled it really well. And now his shows are all like sold out. Everybody wants to hear. Yeah, hey, he- uh, well, good for Chris, handle it like and a I pro. Did, and he does say that he didn't know about Jada's alopecia, and that's what I, I was like. He did not know because he is he 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 wasn't digging for that. It he thought it was like a style choice. Sure, and and I thought that as well. I had no idea about her alopecia until that night. Oh, now everybody knows, but yeah. I had no. I don't follow Jada. I don't know. Me too. And yeah. like, yeah, okay, yeah, she publicly has uh, like said a lot about it, but I don't, yeah, same here. 
I don't watch her shows. I don't follow her. And also I will say to be compared to GI Jane. Now I'm not even like mentioning, okay, maybe it's an insult to the way she looks, but I thought GI Jane was a badass. I, oh, I would compare myself to GI Jane. Anytime I would do anything sporty mm. or anything where I felt like a badass, I'd be like, yeah, I'm a real GI Jane. I never ever thought of that as like a negative thing, yeah. but I mean, I guess I can see maybe how she might feel. That, that eye roll, that eye roll, as soon as he said that joke, the, her face, I was like, holy shit. She was so disgusted. Oh, she was pissed. So she definitely, I can definitely see like there was hurt there. And so for her, there's a lot more to it as well. So like, I can't really psychologically analyze why that would affect her so much, but just how I I saw GI Jane was, she was kind of a badass. So, and I didn't know she had alopecia. So I'm like looking at from that point of view, it seemed to me like a mild joke. I can see Um, when you put the other things on top of it, how like, okay, well, yeah. Here's my other comment that no one has ever brought up. Has anyone checked on Demi Moore? Is that insulting to her? Because she played G.I. Jane. So if Jada, you don't like I thought she was hot. Freaking hot. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but if you can shave your head and look hot, Mm -hmm. I would, I, you do not want me to, you do not want to see my hair shorter than my chin. Like, no. (laughs) Like even in a shower cap, it's scary. Yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't have the face for short hair. Like yeah, I, I have way too chubby of cheeks. I got to keep it like, you know. I mean, mm. like short, short hair. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, but and I thought she looked beautiful too. So, but yeah, there's so much. I think there's like so much more to it that I don't understand and yeah. and what that interaction was all about. But, but yeah, who am I to who am I to say? I made I made a little dumb meme, and someone actually said hey, you know, you kind of like, you shouldn't really comment on this because you're opening the doors for white people to talk about Mm -hmm. it. And this is about black people. I'm like, yeah, I'm talking about just from a human perspective that you shouldn't violently slap someone if you don't like what they said. It doesn't matter what color you are. Your children are also watching it. I'm sorry. This and you have to have some kind of stance on it as yeah. a parent of, is this acceptable? No. And the Oscars didn't do shit that night about it. Yeah, I know. And so it's like, what are we teaching them? Yeah, we're going to have to have an opinion because I'm sorry, we got to stand up for something and physical violence isn't something that we should yeah. just ignore. Right. I, I was thinking, it seems like comedians are under attack. And then you, we literally saw a comedian under right. an actual attack. Yeah. So now we have to take like self-defense 101 for comedy. Like, like, and I'm like, okay, um, yeah, I'm going to say things because you know what? You probably think these things and you won't say it, but our job is to push buttons and to make people feel uncomfortable. That's what comedy is for, you know, like it's not always going to be what you want to hear. I didn't even ask you the audience questions. Can I ask you those? Oh, I have audience questions. Yeah. Sorry. I know you thought you were like going to go to bed, but I swear this will be fast. No, I I, am not going to bed. I have to watch more TV. (laughs) No bed. Isn't that, why do we do that to ourselves? We're like, I need to watch it for a good time. Wake up soon. (laughs) Because then you start the same bullshit the next day. So it's like, you've got to like maximize your time at night. Hot now. Ask me some questions from the audience. Oh my God. I I got hot from laughing. So. I was like going to take it off too. Cause I was like laughing too much. Okay, here we go. Oh, and also you need to watch more TV because that's how you, after you like interact a lot with someone, that's how you unwind. Right. Yes, yeah. That's the process. Mm-hmm. That's what I start telling my husband, babe, this is the process. I'm watching Netflix till midnight because it's part of the process. <laughs> Cause he's always like, like, like getting on me for going to bed too late. He's like, you know, our kids, doesn't matter what time you go to bed. They are still going to wake up at six. You you realize that. What do you do if you want to make friends, but they don't get your humor? Well, I don't want to make friends with that person (laughs) because I've tried where I'm like, um, that's actually my gauge. And that was my first time when I first met my husband, I was like, I'm going to test this guy. And I said something that was kind of like quirky 
mm, not conventional funny like it could easily like fly over anyone's head and he laughed and that's what hooked me i'm like oh this the guy gets it this guy gets it so i think if the person doesn't get your humor keep walking because they will never get your humor and that's right if you don't get someone's humor that's half of their dynamic yeah and then you can't be yourself around them no humor is so important and and you need someone that appreciates your humor because that is part of you. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to laugh every day. And if that person isn't laughing with you and laughing at you, maybe that's not going to make you feel good. They're, they're just fair weather friends at that point. Yeah. You don't, they're not, you're not going to have that deep connection. You will find someone who actually gets you. And then when you do, you'll know it and you'll be like, wow, that's right. So someone asked, I fell for someone on Instagram that I will probably never meet and who doesn't know I exist. What should I do? Wait, is this a question for me or for, this is for you? Expert. This is for you. <laughs> what should you do? Oh my God. Okay. Girl, you're in charge so, of your fate right now. So girl, you came to the right person because I stalked my husband on social media and I approve of you stalking this person. And if you can find a mutual friend, You need to make that mutual friend work for you by either commenting on his page, showing a funny or cute image of you. If you don't have that mutual friend, you can send him a message because it's 2022. DMs. (laughs) Hi, this is a, if you don't want to comment on his um, picture. Like, who is this person actually? Like, do you even have, did you go to high school with this person? Did you just randomly hashtag hot dude and then found him? Or does this person even have a relationship? She should find that out too. But I have no problem of you stalking someone who is single and also DMing that person. If you're shy, comment on the pictures. Just like how, this is how me and Chelsea um, met. Yeah. You liked a picture. I liked a picture. You commented and then we DM'd each other. Then we swapped stories and now we're here. Yeah. This is how like all the romance start. (laughs) Totally. It's so easy with our phones now. It's like, and if he doesn't respond, check in with him a month later. I feel like she's got to take a little bit of a risk. Just to see. I mean, she's just got to at least slide into the DMs. And be like, no hey. risk, no, re- no reward. Okay. You got a high risk, high rewards. Do it. Mm-hmm. I think that was great advice. I, I didn't know you met your husband over social media. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I, I think I told you that my, my friend is obsessed with you and um, she has a Japanese mother And she says she very much relates to a lot of, she just, she loves you more than me. And she's supposed to be one of my best friends, but whatever, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not about her. So uh, one of her questions is who gives you the best material, who gives you the best material, your husband, kids, or mom? My mom is also Japanese. So I relate smiley face. My husband, because I see him every day and I get annoyed like exponentially because I see him so much. I see my mom like twice a year. So there's only so much content. Um, And the last time she was like really positive and she was really encouraging. I was like, no, don't do that. And she's like, no, no, you're, you're really funny. I'm like, no, 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 this isn't you. Criticize me. Damn it. Give me some content. Um, (laughs) So my husband, every day I got, I get new content. Like, I'm like, what did you say? Idea like 10 reels a day. I'm just like, Oh my God, I can't believe we did this. We yeah. are going to eat this up. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? And do you ever feel like you use your reels as to you impersonate him as ways to like, kind of like dig at him a little bit and sort of like shine light. So you, it, it's like kind of passive aggressive. You know? I'm like passive aggressive to the T I can take a, teach a course on passive aggression. Like, I it's so passive aggressive because I'm dressed up like him. And then I'm like, my voice is like chump, you know, like totally <laughs> like it. And it usually is right after something he does that like annoyed me or pissed me off. And I'm just like, Hmm. 
And that's how I get into character, you know, because I just like take it to the next level because I'm so annoyed. But then, you know what? After I'm done with it, my mood is better. Oh. And then like, you know, it's, it's yeah. fine again. And, and then he, just, does he ever change behavior from any of your, you like, you make a reel about him. He's like, Oh, I do um, do that. I need to change that. <laughs> yeah. He noticed the cup one where I place cups everywhere. And so now he got himself a new water bottle. So he doesn't have to do that. So yeah, it has helped our marriage. Well, shit. <laughs> I'm going to start doing more about my husband. <laughs> He's seen the toilet paper roll. And you know what? I have not changed a toilet paper roll for like three months. Oh, damn. Mine is like the dirty socks just right on the ground. Fil- the like filthy, like athlete's foot type, you yeah. know? Dirty socks. I, I, I need to do a reel on that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Coming, coming at you. Oh, oh, this is a good one. How does being an introvert affect being a stand-up comedian? You got some good questions, girl. Yeah, I can't believe people actually want to know this because every time I ask a question on my Instagram, no one answers me. <laughs> no, you know, no. you've got some fans. You need to have a talk show, girl. <laughs> I'll just like respond to you. Um, um, being, I think a lot of comedians are introverts. And I think a lot of comedians um, are depressed and unhappy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. That's kind of sad. She also does uh, follow it up with, uh, do you use it to cope? Because her husband's a comedian. She says, do you also use it to cope with? So it kind of goes hand in hand, I guess. Well, um, sounds like you know a lot already. But yeah, I do use it to cope. I think it's very therapeutic. And, you know, I'm also a middle child who got neglected a lot in childhood. So I'm going to admit I do need validation. So when I go on stage and someone laughs at my joke, that makes me feel good. And so half, half, of, half of the reason why I do it is um, the validation and um, the, the, the rush ad- adrenaline when I can make a room laugh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can, I cope with it because there's a lot of things that I, I'm not really good at being expressive and I try not to talk too seriously about sensitive topics. So I make them into jokes. That's like how I cope, which might not be that healthy, but it makes people laugh. So, you know what? I told my therapist once I said, cause I, I'm similar that way. I turn a lot of serious things into a joke. Like it can be very irreverent about things, yeah. but I told my therapist, one of my therapists, uh, this, and she was like, I said, yeah, I, I kind of just laugh about a lot of serious issues and sort of my family. We, we do that. And she goes, well, is that wrong? I'm like, I don't know. Is it? I'm asking you. You're the professional. She's like, but what's wrong with that? I don't oh. know. So then it made me think, well, maybe there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe it's just oh, good. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that then, Chelsea. <laughs> you don't need therapy. <laughs> don't worry. I have therapy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if it's like, depends how serious it is, I guess. <laughs> oh, here's how do you mentally recover from a wrong cut sandwich scenario? Oh my gosh, this person knows my reels. Um, I make another one. Don't you? Like, obviously. <laughs> it's, I eat it and then I make another one. Oh, that's good. That's, I, that's half my weight gain right there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to deal with the screaming. <laughs> okay, there's only, there's only a couple more. Okay, okay. Um, how, how do you handle an annoying kid who is pestering your child every day? <laughs> uh, you mean his brother or, uh, uh, just, uh, I don't know. There's no detail. Any random annoying kid. What is, like, let's say it's a kid at, at preschool or a kid in kindergarten. Oh, okay. Um, I, t- I talked to their parent and I, um, no, I don't. I, I tell my kids just to say certain things to to the kid because my child will say that one kid keeps pushing him. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I said, okay, just tell him to stop. I don't like it. This mm-hmm. is my body. Stop. And then he's like, yeah, but he doesn't understand English. And I'm like, okay, so, and he's like, and he's a baby. He's like three. I'm like, okay, so what, <laughs> what does he understand? He goes, I think he speaks Spanish. I'm like, oh, okay. Let's just do this. No bueno. 
<laughs> no bueno. And he goes, what's that? I'm like, it just means no good. I'm like, can you say that? And I just told him to say no bueno in Spanish. I don't know if this kid is Spanish or not, but um, hasn't been punched this week. I didn't know you spoke Spanish. Yes. <laughs> See? Hablo Espanol. All right. This person says, I'm pregnant and so tired. The toddler just gave up her nap and started saying mommy a hundred times a day. Help, help. You got to help her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have that. Um, And I hired a babysitter and the babysitter would watch the baby during the nap. So put the baby during nap, nap time. And the toddler who speaks mommy, just how the sitter play with that toddler and you go find a friend and go for brunch or lunch or for a walk or exercise or yoga, do whatever, but be physically away from those two kids as much as you can. If you can afford a babysitter, I know some people can't and it's hard and it's hard to find a good one that you trust family member, anybody, you need to take a break. If there is absolutely nobody your spouse, uh, if not someone who lives under you, like if you're in an apartment, a super, anybody just like your like mommy exchange, like meet some moms at a park and say, Hey, be friends with them. Trust that mom. But you, that's what you need. You need a break from those two kids. You know, FaceTime is a really good babysitter. So, but the three-year-old is more annoying than the baby. So the three-year-old needs a babysitter to be physically away. The baby can be napping while you take a bath, as long as you know the baby's napping. The baby's not going to crawl out or do anything crazy. It's the toddler that's annoying. You need to remove that toddler from your... Oh, annoying. You know what's another great babysitter is um, Paw Patrol. That's Screen about time. the age. Three, two, three. That's when, you know, Paw Patrol really takes <laughs> off. Screen time is great. Screen time is great. Do it. Don't Seth let from other God himself tell you anything else about babysitters. I mean, babysitters about screen time. <laughs> so much you can learn on babysitter. There's Blippi. Excuse me, but there's Blippi. There's Peppa. You can learn. There's Blippi, but Blippi is different now. <gasps> I know. It's like his cousin. Is it? No. It's tripping me out, though. It's It's tripping me out. I won't watch it. (laughs) It's not the same. (sighs) Okay. All right. Okay. I've I've wasted enough of your time today. Oh, my gosh. Those cookies were so fun. All right. I'll message you all the deets about the podcast going up. Okay. (laughs) Talk to you later. Bye. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, rate, do the things you know you got to do to help a sister out. I really appreciate it. Love you guys.